So we are currently in a message series which I have entitled Exodus, God's Plan. And uh, there's a white page in the middle of your bulletin. I'd encourage you to, to take it out. It has the outline as well as the scripture verses which will be up on the screen as well. You can follow along there. Now in this series we're studying the book of Exodus. And we want to not just learn what is ancient history. We want to understand how it applies to God's plan for our lives today. So I'd like to just take a few minutes to summarize very briefly what we've covered so far. The people of Israel had been in slavery in Egypt for about 400 years. And God called Moses to set his people free. And so Moses went to Egypt. He came to the Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt. He spoke to Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh refused to let Israel go. And so God then began to send plagues upon Egypt. And we've talked about nine plagues that came against Egypt and its gods, uh, things like hail, uh, locusts, flies, gnats, uh, turning the Nile into blood and other plagues as well. But still, the Pharaoh refused to let Israel go. And so that's where we're going to pick up the story today. Our message is entitled Deliverance. It's about the tenth plague that God sent on Egypt. And our story begins in Exodus chapter 11. And so God sent Moses to speak to Pharaoh one last time. In verse 4 of chapter 11, Moses said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out in the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt will die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle. And so as terrible as the first nine plagues had been, none of them really caused people to die. But the tenth plague was by far the most deadly. Every household that had any children would lose the firstborn to the destroyer. And even the cattle, and the cattle were venerated by the Egyptians, kind of pseudo-worshipped, the cattle themselves would be affected. Now what would happen to Israelites? They were still living in Egypt, in a, in a section of Egypt. What would happen to them? Well, God says in verse 7, not a dog shall growl against any one of the people of Israel, either man or beast, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And so God was going to bring his judgments on Egypt, but he was going to protect his people, the Israelites. Not a single firstborn would die in Israel if they followed God's instructions. The people would be protected by their faith in God and their obedience to his commands. And we still need God's protection. We still need God's deliverance today. Do we not? Jesus said in John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. And so the thief that Jesus was talking about here is, is Satan. Satan comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. He is our enemy and we need protection. We need deliverance from Satan's power today. Jesus himself taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's something we ought to pray in one form or another every day. For God's protection, for God's Deliverance. To be delivered from evil is to find a way to escape from temptation and the attacks of evil, which come from Satan and his forces in many different ways. 
And so today we're going to learn the connection between the Old Testament Passover, which we're going to talk about in a minute, and how Jesus protects us today through faith and obedience. The Israelites and we today need to obey or follow God's instructions. So Moses began to instruct the people. Now, the destroyer was going to go through Egypt, killing the firstborn of every family. The Israelites were supposed to be spared, as we've read, but God's protection was not automatic. There were very specific instructions that God gave for each Israelite family that they had to follow it in order to be protected. We have them summarized in verses 21 and 22. And again, we're skipping through a number of chapters today, giving the highlights and the overall story. We encourage you to read uh, chapters 11, I believe, through 13, which we're covering today to get the whole picture sometime this week. It says, Then Moses called all of the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. And so this here is talking about Moses giving directions to the elders. He also gave it to each family. They gave it to each family. And so each family was to take a one-year-old male lamb with no blemish and sacrifice it on the night of the Passover. The lamb was to be roasted and then eaten along with unleavened bread. The blood of the lamb that was sacrificed was then applied to the doorway of the family's home. What was the purpose? Verse 23, the Lord will pass through to, to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. And so the blood of this lamb that was applied to the doorway would provide protection for those inside the house. They would protect them from the destroyer, which refers to a destroying angel. Now, if the blood was not applied to the doorpost of the house, or if someone left that house before morning, then there would be no protection against the destroyer. And so when the Lord saw the blood at midnight as, as the destroyer passed over, he would pass over that home and not allow this destroying angel to enter. And of course, that's where the term Passover comes from. The destroyer would pass over the home and protect the home, or not touch the home that was protected by the blood of the Passover lamb. The Lord said, you shall observe this rite of, of, of sacrificing the Passover lamb and uh, the whole Passover instructions for you as a statute for you and your sons forever. And we'll talk more about that. But the Israelites were supposed to follow these instructions for the Passover lamb and meal yearly, even after leaving Egypt. And we'll talk about uh, the point and reason for that in a few minutes. So the Israelites got ready. What happened? Well, verse 29, at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. And so what God promised, what God prophesied through Moses came to pass. At midnight, the destroyer went through Egypt 
and struck down the firstborn. There was loud wailing throughout all the homes in Egypt, but all the Israelite homes were protected by the blood of the Passover lamb. And so obedience to God's command had protected God's people. Now, this Old Testament Passover is mentioned frequently in the New Testament. The Passover is a type of the sacrifice on Je of Jesus on the cross. In fact, Jesus is called in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7, the Passover lamb. He was the sinless, unblemished lamb of God. And the blood that Jesus shed on the cross forgives our sins and protects us from Satan the destroyer. I'd like us to watch a short video about the relationship between the Passover lamb in the Old Testament and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. It's simply called the Passover lamb. You see, in order to save the life of the firstborn, the lamb had to be sacrificed. A, a life had to be lost. And the blood is what saved the firstborn. You see, it wasn't just the Egyptians that had sinned. The Israelites had sinned as well, but God provided a way for them to be saved. And the same is true of us today. Jesus is like the Passover lamb. And he sacrificed himself on the cross. And his blood, his death, provides a way for us to be saved that we don't have to suffer eternal death. Now the protection and deliverance of Jesus doesn't happen automatically. The Israelites were not protected automatically. They had to do something. They had to sacrifice that lamb and apply the blood. And protection through Jesus comes through our faith and obedience. That's how the blood of Christ is applied to our lives. And we're going to talk more about that as we go through the message this morning, how we can apply the blood of Christ to our life so our sins can be forgiven and we can be protected from the destroyer. Well, let's see what happened after God delivered Israel from this final, or let's see how God delivered Israel from this final plague as they were delivered from bondage. The destroyer had gone through the land. The firstborn of all the Egyptians had been killed. They, di they died. The Israelites were still slaves in Egypt. Verse 30, and Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, go up from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. And so finally, Pharaoh relented. After nine plagues, he had said, no, you can't go. And finally, he allowed the people of Israel to go, not because he wanted to, but because he feared what God might do if he didn't. There were thousands upon thousands of dead Egyptians, and that was more than he could handle. And so as Pharaoh demanded Moses to leave, in another verse it said he asked Moses for a blessing. He said, get out of here, but bless me. In fact, this indicates that Pharaoh was finally viewing the Lord, the God of Moses, as more powerful than the Egyptian gods. He was viewing the Lord as more powerful than he himself, who was viewed as a god by the Egyptians. And as the Israelites left, they asked the Egyptians, as God had commanded for their gold and silver jewelry. 
and all their clothing. And what was the result? Well, verse 26, and the Lord had given the people, that's the Israelites, favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Over centuries, the Egyptians had plundered the Israelites. They had used their slave labor to build their pyramids and their storehouses without paying them. But now the tables were turned. God had worked out a way. He'd worked out a plan whereby the Egyptians' wealth would be transferred to his people. And so the people of Egypt, as well as the Pharaoh, wanted the Israelites to leave because disaster was coming upon their country. Plague after plague after plague. And now death had touched each of their homes. And so they gladly gave them their wealth as the Israelites went out of Egypt marching. And so the nation of Egypt, a nation of Israel marched out of Egypt. It says, and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough that they had brought out of Egypt. For it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not wait. Nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. And so they didn't have time to let the bread rise. I'm not much of a baker, but you know, when you leaven bread... I know from my wife, Carol, it has to rise. It takes some time, right, for it to rise before you bake it. But there was no time for the bread to rise. And so the unleavened bread uh, was taken with them. It was the bread that the Passover required to be eaten. And it was suitable for a long journey. Of course, it hadn't risen. You could pack more unleavened bread uh, in your backpack than you can pack leavened bread. And so they left, verse 41, at the end of 430 years, 430 years of being slaves in Egypt, the Israelites left. On that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. And so the Israelites were not delivered on their own timetable. They were not delivered on Moses' timetable, who wanted it to happen 40 years before, but on God's timetable, which had always been set for 430 years a long time. But the centuries of bondage, the centuries of slavery had come to an end. God had finally brought deliverance and freedom to his people. The scripture records that the men coming out of Egypt were 600,000, not counting women and children. And so there were uh, literally probably several million people or more coming out of Egypt. And so the people of Israel had grown numerous. They'd grown strong over the centuries in Egypt as God had protected them there. But now it was time for deliverance. It was time for a journey to the promised land, which had been promised to them. Uh, God had promised that to Abraham. Now, how does this all apply to us today? Well, you remember that the Passover lamb was a, was a type of Jesus. And so the Israelites' deliverance from Egypt is a type of a New Testament believer's deliverance from sin through faith in Jesus Christ. And so Egypt represents our old life of sin before we trusted our life to Jesus. We, are in, we were in slavery to sin. We were in bondage to sin. There's a sense that unbelievers can't stop sinning because it's part of our nature. The Bible says all have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. That applies to each and every one of us. But Jesus came to deliver people from slavery to sin and to make them servants of God, free to serve God. 
And so the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt with a purpose. A purpose of following God's direction and going to the promised land. In the same way, those who put their faith in Jesus Christ today are delivered from their sin. Not simply to live life the way they want to live, but to follow God's plan for their lives. Now, we don't have time to talk about it today, but the generation of Israelites that came out of Egypt did not make it to the promised land. Why? Because they didn't have the faith to believe God to take them there. And so they wandered for 40 years in the desert. It was not them, but their children who finally made it to the promised land. But God doesn't want us to wander in spiritual deserts. He wants us to follow his plan. Because he has a promised land for each of us, which is his will for our lives. And as we follow his plan, he's going to take us there. Now, God desires for us to remember his deliverance. The Lord performed many mighty miracles to deliver Israel from Egyptian slavery. We've talked about ten plagues, miracles that happened, judgments on Egypt and its gods. He desired for the Israelites and their children to remember what he had done for them. Why remember? Well, so that they could put their faith in him to believe God for their future. They remembered the past so they could have faith to believe God to take them to where he wanted in the future. In their case, to the promised land. We've already talked about how God instructed the Israelites to remember the Passover when the death angel passed over their homes. Every year, the, the death angel wasn't going to come every year. That was a one-time occurrence. But every year, they were to remember the Passover by sacrificing a lamb, eating that lamb on an annual basis along with the unleavened bread in a, in a seven-day uh, seven feast. But there was another way that God instructed the Israelites to remember their deliverance. Chapter 13, Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery, by a strong hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. You know, actually, I didn't read the first verse. We're going to get to that verse. <clears throat> Let's back up. Verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. And so God was telling the people of Israel, Moses as their leader, to consecrate the firstborn to the Lord. Why were the firstborn consecrated to the Lord? Because the Lord had spared them from death. They had been saved through the blood of the Passover lamb. To be consecrated to the Lord meant that they were set apart to serve God. And ultimately, the firstborn became the, the priests. Uh, the priests were set apart to serve God. In the law, a special offering was required to be given to redeem the firstborn. And finally, the verse I had read before, Moses told the people to remember the day that they came out of slavery. God had delivered them. The people didn't deliver themselves from slavery. Moses wasn't the one uh, truly. Moses obeyed God, but it wasn't through Moses' power that the people were delivered. Uh, it was through the strong hand of the Lord that brought them out of slavery and brought them uh, 
on the journey to the plan that God had for them. And the Israelites were instructed to remember that day. To teach their children about that day. That they would remember what God had done in the past. Now why are we to remember God's deliverance? Because it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget God's blessings. It's easy to not give thanks to Him. It's easy to lose faith in a miracle-working God and become overwhelmed with our circumstances. It's easy to slip back into, into wanting to go back to Egypt. In fact, as the Israelites wandered in the desert from time to time, they encountered difficulties. And some of them grumbled and complained and said, we want to go back to Egypt of all things, where they were in slavery for centuries. But for us today, sometimes it's easy for us to be tempted to slip back into sin, into sinful lifestyles when we get in trouble and forget what God has done for us. In the New Testament, as we said, Jesus was crucified as a Passover lamb. In fact, he was crucified at the Passover time, at the exact time the Passover was happening. God had, it was all part of God's plan. Now, Jesus transformed the Passover into what we call today the Lord's Supper or communion. In the Lord's Supper, we partake of bread, which represents Jesus' broken body. We partake of the fruit of the vine, which represents Jesus' blood, which is shed for our forgiveness. And so we have the same elements of the Passover. The blood of the lamb represented by the fruit of the vine, and we have the bread that we eat uh, as they ate unleavened bread representing their departure from Egypt, the place of their slavery. And so we practice Lord's Supper about once a month. Actually, we did it last Sunday. It probably would have been better to do it this Sunday, but uh, anyhow, we did it last Sunday. It's for all who have chosen to believe in and commit their lives to Jesus Christ. And as we remember what Jesus has accomplished for us as our deliverer, it gives us strength to continue to follow him. It gives us strength to believe him for the future. And so this story of the Passover is not just an ancient story. It is a story from the past. It is a story of something that actually happened. But it shows us the importance of putting our faith in God. It shows us the importance of, of obeying God's instructions in order to be protected from the attacks of the enemy. And God desires today to deliver people from bondage to sin. He wants to forgive people. He wants His blood to bring protection upon us. And so we should daily remember, we should thank God if you're saved today that He has delivered you from the power of sin. And we still need God's protection today to protect us from the destroyer. He's still alive. The Bible tells us that He's Roaming around like a roaring lion. Now, I would not like to meet a roaring lion. I would have very little defense. I would have no defense, put it that way, against a roaring lion. Uh, and that's what the devil is. So we need somebody stronger than ourselves to be our defender, to be our protector. And that someone is Jesus. The devil or Satan seeks to destroy your life. He's seeking to destroy your family. He's seeking to destroy people's eternity with God. 
But Jesus came to bring protection. He came to bring forgiveness. He came to set us free. And I'm going to give everybody here an opportunity, whether young or old, an opportunity to respond to God's free offer of deliverance from bondage to sin, of delivery from the consequences of sin. And as we put our faith in Jesus Christ, His blood forgives our sins and it protects us, just as the blood of the Passover lamb protected the Israelites from the death angel. As a person commits their life to Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ is applied to your life. Forgives your sins and protects you. And so this morning, if you're not sure that you're a believer, if you're not sure that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity. Here's what the Bible says that we must do today. First of all, we must admit that we've sinned, that we've done wrong things. The Bible says each of us has done that. There's nobody here that's perfect. There was only one perfect person who's ever lived, and that was Jesus. He was the unblemished Lamb of God. He didn't commit even one sin. And that's why his death can forgive our sins. We admit that we've sinned. Secondly, we believe in the only one who can forgive us, and the only one who can protect us, and the only one who can deliver us. We put our faith and trust in Jesus. We believe that he died for us. And that wasn't the end of the story. He rose from the dead three days later. And so he's alive today. God raised him up from the dead. We put our faith in him and we commit our lives to following him as our Lord and Savior. To following his plan for our lives. Just as God had a plan for the Israelites, so he has a plan for your life and my life. A good plan. The best plan that you could possibly follow for your life. And he wants to help you to follow that plan. So I'd like ask everyone here to bow your heads. If you'd like to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, or perhaps you'd like to recommit your life to him. Perhaps you've made a commitment in the past, but right now you feel like you've wandered, wandered away from, from Jesus. You've wandered away from the Lord. Perhaps you've been caught up in some sins or, or some other things you know aren't right, and you want to get back closer to him. I'd encourage you to recommit your life this morning by praying a prayer Something like this. And I'm going to pray this prayer. And you just agree with me in your mind. You don't have to pray it out loud. God knows your thoughts. He knows the intentions of your heart. So let's pray together. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. Things I knew were wrong. I've been following my plan for my life. And not yours. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross the perfect Passover Lamb of God, that I might be forgiven. I ask for your forgiveness through the blood of Christ. And I believe that He rose from the dead three days later. And so I commit my life to following Jesus as my Lord and Savior, to following His instructions, to following His plan for my life from this day forward. I don't want to live my own way of life. I want to live out the perfect plan that he has for me. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for giving me a new plan and purpose for my life. Thank you for promising to never leave me or forsake me. In Jesus' name. And for those of us who are believers, let's 
Let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for your word that inspires us, that instructs us. We thank you for this story that happened thousands of years ago, but applies to us today, how you saved the Israelites from the death angel, how you delivered them from bondage in Egypt. And we pray, God, here that each person here would choose to put their trust in you and walk in obedience to your instructions. Forgive us for the times, God, when we've tried to go our own way and not followed your plan. Help us by your Spirit, God, to be set free from every sin that we so easily fall into. And may we not forget what you've done on the cross. May we live in gratitude for what you've done. And may we have love not only for you, but for those that you put around us. Help us to show your love. May we never forget how you've delivered us and how you've set us free. May we follow your plan. Thank you that you're going to be with us each step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.